Hello. Hello. This is the Vancouver Weather State Podcast. And welcome back to Vancouver Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Scalina. And I'm your other host, Matt Scalina. And today we've got a riveting topic. Yeah. Insurance. Insurance. Dun, dun, dun. Something that no one or most people don't want to think about. It's one thing you don't want to think about. It's, it's something you should think about, though. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Well, hey, the worst case scenario and, and how you're going to be covered. And uh, it's obviously pertinent to this podcast because we're sure. dealing with usually people's largest investments yeah. or if it's an investment property potentially one of their larger investments that they have insurance is is key right and you know the thing about insurance agents right what's that they're premium lovers <laughs> usually with third parties <laughs> but do you know the thing about actuaries <laughs> no they do it without risk and with varying rates of interest. <laughs> we could go on all day. Oh, man. Yeah. I've been saving that joke for this episode for six weeks. Well, that's the whole reason we had this episode. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're very excited to have Grace Cattell no, yeah, from Habitat Insurance with us today. For sure. And uh, for sure. she's she's amazing. We've been working with Grace for six, six plus years. She's done all the insurance for us. She's done friends and family. Uh, she's amazing at what she does yeah well i mean the one thing about grace and it will come across in this this interview is she uh she lives and breathes this stuff she knows she knows it really well she knows it really well and she she's got you covered which is exactly what you want in a good uh with a good insurance broker so for sure yeah i mean some of the things that come out in this well i think it's worth listening to yeah for for sure sure. um and uh maybe we'll talk about a few of the biggest takeaways after uh after the interview so without further ado Here's Grace Cattell, Habitat Insurance. Enjoy. Okay, we're here with uh, Grace Cattell, uh, Managing Partner and Director of Habitat Insurance. Grace, how are you doing? I'm great, thanks. Good, good. And you? Doing well. Yeah, thanks. I'm doing well as well. Thanks, okay. for, uh, thanks for being on the show. Um, maybe we can start. Why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay. Uh, right. I, as you mentioned, I'm the managing partner of Habitat Insurance. We're based in the heart of East Vancouver on Kingsway, right near uh, Victoria. And I specialize in uh, general insurance, which is home, condo, um, and commercial insurance. And I've been doing that for, I guess, the last eight years or so. And our agency has been around for about 40 years. Perfect. Great. Um, so a lot we get this question a lot um, from our clients when they're getting insurance, typically after they've got an accepted offer and they're getting closer to go to meet the notary or the lawyer for closing. Mm-hmm. Why use an insurance broker? Well, the primary reason is that we provide a professional service. Um, they're... 
insurance, as a lot of people know, involves a lot of details. And there are many insurance companies that offer different insurance packages. So as a broker, we have certain educational qualifications. Um, You know, we have to get a license. We are constantly uh, updating our education about what is on offer. So the real benefit is that we're able to look at insurance packages in detail and offer the best options to our clients. And, of course, we can also look at where they can get the most competitively priced um, insurance. Right. Okay. And so it sounds like not all policies are, are equal. Uh, no. I mean, I would say that the bones of policies, if you're looking, let's say, at a condo or homeowner's policy, uh, I mean, there are certain components that are standardized. I mean, in a homeowner's policy, you always have coverage for the home, for contents, for additional living expenses. But what we found in recent years, especially, is that certain coverages that used to be included as standard are now been taken out and made optional. Um, sewer backup coverage is a very good example. And the wording, the policy wording, so the details behind those coverages can vary a lot. And that's our job is to be able to advise clients on what uh, what coverages would be best for them? So so you're okay. So then you're interpreting kind of the language around the the policy as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, for example, uh, right now there up until uh, I guess the end of 2015, if you had a home in Canada, it would be impossible to have to purchase flood coverage. Okay, it, it just was not available. Insurance companies now started to introduce that coverage in 2016, and I'll tell you something, everybody's got something different. It is, uh, the insurance companies are offering, it's quite a wide range of, uh, of options that are open. Um, and if I were a person buying a home, I would certainly want a professional to be able to guide me on that. And so we get this question in our business all the time, uh, what are your fees? Um, if you use a broker as opposed to, say, you know, going online or, or mm-hmm. and, and researching it yourself, is there is there extra costs or is it built in? Yeah, good question. Um, our, our, the way brokers are paid is uh, by commission. So I'm an, uh, my, I'm an independent broker. Our agency is an independent brokerage, which means... We're not affiliated with any insurance company. Mm-hmm. We're going to have, we have a wide range and we're going to choose the best one for our, our client. And the way we get paid is, uh, with a commission. And typically, um, we get paid uh, 15 to 20%. So if it's a thousand dollar policy, uh, of that $200. So the homeowner will pay a thousand dollars. It will go to the insurance company and will receive 150 or 200 dollars. But it's so it sounds like it's factored in. Uh, it is. It is factored in. Yeah. yeah. You you won't. Yeah. Um, and it's not like if you you're going to get an 800 dollar policy that would be a a thousand dollar policy if you don't use a broker though, right? No. That's right. With uh, a lot of insurance, most insurance companies, they uh, they are not direct writers, which mm-hmm. means they will not deal with the public. They only deal with brokers, period. 
But of course, there are certain companies right now that are direct writers. They do offer their products directly to uh, members of the public. Okay, interesting. So um, a lot of our listeners are going to own condos, um, own uh, detached houses, and um, mm-hmm. tenant, a lot of investors, yeah. well, tenanted properties. So maybe we'll just kind of work our way through kind of a short list of, of potential property types, and you can maybe advise as to a couple key factors to consider when, when insuring this type of property. Does that Does that work? Yeah, no, that sounds great. Okay, so uh, maybe we'll just start with condo insurance. What are a couple key things to consider? Okay, um, so here's my top tip for uh, condo owners or prospective condo owners, because um, I know a lot of people focus on getting those three years of minutes to wade through. Mm-hmm. Um, what I recommend is when you see a condo that looks good, uh, you ask your realtor, um, to to provide the um, strata insurance declaration it's a one page document which shows what uh what insurance policy there is for that building or let's say the townhouse strata um, when you look at that document you will see uh Okay, the building, you know, the building might be insured at $10 million. And then look for the line that says water damage deductible. And typically, we would expect in a good building, a water damage deductible of five to $10,000. That means things are probably pretty good in that building. But when you see, if you happen to see a building with a $50,000 water damage deductible, that tells you something. Right. There, that building has had problems with water issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I've told a number of people, although some may not believe this, there, there are buildings um, in downtown Vancouver that have water damage deductibles of 100000 and as high as $200,000. I, I so, am thinking about one right now that has a hundred thousand dollars, and I, you know, yeah. it's it's one that uh, we steer people clear of for sure. So yeah, yeah. So and just so that your listeners understand, what does that actually mean? So if, for example, the dishwasher bre- the dishwasher pipe breaks in your unit and damages suites below, then uh, you know, again, depending on the bylaws, but this is pretty typical that. $100,000 water damage deductible will be charged back to you, okay? Mm. And uh, you can, uh, well, not, I think there's maybe only one insurance company that will provide coverage to you, the condo unit owner, um, for a deductible that high. But, of course, it would cost you. Um, right. Yeah. So, but, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, just to inter- this might be an opportunity to talk about getting a rider to cover the building deductible. Is that something that somebody would typically get or that you'd encourage people to get? Yeah. Well, as a broker, uh, again, this sort of highlights uh, the importance of using a broker. For example, when we have a client who has purchased a condo or is looking to purchase a condo, one of the things that we always ask is for a copy of that strata insurance document Mm -hmm. so that when we set up the condo policy, we can make sure that the insurance they get will respond to paying for the 25000 or 10000 whatever it may be, 
deductible in the strata policy. Okay, so that's an important point. And and also the other uh, deductible that I always look at in a strata policy is the earthquake deductible um, because a lot of people don't think about it, but there will also, condo owners will also be on the hook for the strata's earthquake deductible. Um, so can I give you an example? Sure, hey, please. Yeah, so... Using some easy math, um, let's say uh, the building is, this, you know, the strata building is $10 million, which actually isn't a lot in today's market. And um, the earthquake deductible is always stated as a percentage. So it would be uh, typically what we see in Vancouver, it's 10%. Um, I live in U.S. Minster, it's 15% in my building. Uh, places out in Richmond, you can see as high as you can see 20%. Mm-hmm. So if there's an earthquake that damages the building and the strata owners need to claim on their strata's earthquake insurance, it's going to be the 10% of $10 million. So $1 million. Wow. So they will go with hat in hand <laughs> to all of the owners right. and ask them for the $1 million. And you can get, so again, a lot of people don't know this, in a condo policy, it may or may not respond to strata earthquake deductibles. So you can get a condo policy that will help to pay for that $25,000 that may be charged back to you. However, there are some policies that if you don't use a broker and you don't know, they may only kick up, kick, you know, contribute two thousand five hundred. So mm. you're stuck yeah, you're with paying the rest. Yeah, and I can tell you, I've worked out. Uh, these are not small amounts. I've worked out for as I live in a strata in the U.S., beautiful, right near the Fraser River. I would have my portion of the strata earthquake deductible would be sixty five thousand dollars. Wow. Yeah. yeah, that would be. Yeah. A, yeah. Not not and, everyone has that on hand. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's those small things, those little nuances that can really bite you <laughs> if if, so, if something were really if something big were to happen. So um, that's and, and that's what I focus on. Uh, I think typically you find insurance brokers focus on what would really cause a huge financial impact mm-hmm, to right, you. Right. You know. Like if you have your television, you know, you have a break-in, you have a couple, your bike gets stolen or something like that, it hurts. Yeah, but you're not going to, you know, it's not going to, you're not going to lose a lot of sleep over it. Yeah, it's not going to financially devastate you, right? right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Um, So I could wax on about condo, but I think those Those are are like my top things. Yeah, Yeah, well, maybe we'll we'll move on to to single-family homes. Do you have a, a, okay. a big tip for, for our listeners? Right, yeah. Um, when getting insurance for a uh, detached home, um, if you're buying a home that's over 25 years old, it is imperative. All insurance companies need this information. They need to know about four key areas of the house. Heating, plumbing, uh, the roof, 
uh, sorry, heating and the electricals. Mm-hmm. Those are the four things. They want to know, with a roof, when was it last uh, updated, okay? There are very few, uh, well, actually, unless you want to go to a more expensive special risk market, a house that older than 25 years will not be acceptable to an insurance company. With wiring, aluminum wiring, is aluminum wiring and knob and tube mm-hmm. is not really it can be an issue um, typically the insurance company would like to get have an electrical inspection done so if you can make that a subject I know it's difficult in today's market but in terms of getting insurance that will need to be looked at um, the uh, the plumbing typically uh, you know they're expecting a mixture of copper and plastic. Uh, poly B is acceptable with uh, if it's got copper copper crimps. Mm-hmm. Um, and things like furnaces, their expectation is you know serviced regularly. That's usually not too much of an issue. Hot water tanks can can also be. Uh, the expectation is that they would have been replaced within about you know, every 10, 15 years, because these are all high-risk um, factors. Right. Grace, okay. just uh, just touching on uh, electrical and knob and tube, obviously mm-hmm. that's a hot topic mm-hmm. in our industry. Um, yeah. So another thing, something to bring up, and actually it was, I think it was you that actually told me about this a few years back, but is uh, the company PowerCheck and how mm-hmm. that can save people from maybe redoing the wiring and the complete wiring in a house if you find out that you do have knob and tube. Can you talk to that a bit? Sure, yeah. And I just want to state I have no affiliation with with PowerCheck at all. Um, but, uh, yeah, so PowerCheck is a Canadian company. You can, you can look it up online, powercheck.ca. And interestingly, they have, um, they're highly respected by insurance companies here in British Columbia. So essentially what they do, they are master, I guess, they are professional electricians. Um, and they do inspections of homes. And they, but they do, so they produce a power check report, which will state whether the home is low, medium, or high risk, basically for, for fire, you know, electrical mm-hmm. arcing, that kind of thing. Um, they do not do any electrical remediation at all. And, uh, I've, with with power check, it's actually a great service because a lot of people are concerned when they have a house that has knob and tube or aluminum wiring. And by getting the power check done, you can often keep your knob and tube wiring or even keep your aluminum wiring as long as you meet certain requirements as set out by the power check report. So often I have I've dealt with clients who are like, oh, no, I've been too, you know, I don't want to do all the rewiring. There's this great sense of fear mm-hmm. about what will happen if I get this, you know, inspector out or an electrician out. And uh, with all of the cases that I've had of, you know, clients going through that, they've just 
they've had some fixes done. It didn't involve rewiring the old, you know, the house at all. It was just getting some fixes done. And sometimes it's a few hundred dollars, maybe a couple of thousand dollars, but it's really cost effective. Yeah, a lot cheaper than rewiring the house. Exactly. And you end up getting, uh, if you get a power check report that comes in at low or medium risk, um, the insurance companies are then willing to give you preferred rates on insurance. So it's a win-win. You get the best rates for insurance and you have a safe house without doing all the rewiring. So we we also have a, a couple questions here so we've, we've covered condos and and uh single family homes what about vacant homes uh this is right. a hot topic okay. here for other reasons in, in the yeah. lower mind, but yeah. uh, in terms of insurance yeah okay um i'm going to start off by actually helping people understand what is considered to be a vacant home and in, in that i include vacant condos so uh, a vacant home is any place in which uh, the the resident has vacated and has no intention of returning. Okay, so so a vacant home could be a condo that's for sale and the owner has moved out. It could involve right the the detached home. Um, Again, the, the, the owner has, has left and, um, you know, it's up for sale. Uh, it also could involve the person who has purchased a home and has not moved in yet. Now, typically, insurance companies will allow a grace period of 30 days, let's say for a new owner, to move into a house. Um, but after that 30 days, then it's a vacant home. And typically, you you have to declare that to the insurance company. If it's not declared, they can refuse any claim that you have. And and this recently happened to a client of ours um, who had um, he he had a tenant in his detached home. Um, he. Without us knowing, he uh, the tenants had left, and he had de- because he had decided to renovate the home. So he had contractors there every day, but nobody was living there, and those tenants weren't coming back. So what happened was that uh, there was a windstorm. We had a couple of big windstorms. Well, we had that big one last year. A very large tree fell on his house, his vacant house, and his coverage was denied. He was not covered for the windstorm damage because his home was vacant and he hadn't told the insurance company. He hadn't told us. Wow. Brutal. And, and, and it, yep. And what yep. what if he if he would have told what what it, so of, he would have been the house would have been covered if we had been informed if the insurance company so the broker had been informed we would have informed the insurance company they would have put up the put up the insurance rate mm-hmm. and they would have covered that windstorm damage of about twenty thousand dollars. So. You know, we're talking about many different things, but this is what I always tell people um, in terms of, you know, who should, like, uh, you know, for insurance, uh, what's the most important thing is disclosure. Always disclose. I mean, people often have a fear of disclosing information, but the problem is it can really catch you out. 
um, if you don't disclose. And uh, that's a good reason to also have a broker, somebody you feel comfortable talking to. Um, it's amazing to me how during the course of a conversation that I'll have, and it's like, oh, you know, that's something we need to think about. And, uh, you know, we, we always focus on having, trying to have a conversation every year with people um, just to find out what's happening. Just, you know, and again, it's not to pry, but it's just to make sure that they're still adequately insured. Right, right. Um, I, I do want to say just one uh one more thing about vacant dwellings. Um, there are three things that are never covered when you have a vacant dwelling. Water damage, theft, and vandalism. Okay? So if, you're, if, you're, if your condo is vacant, if your you know, detached home is vacant, those three risks are, those three perils are not covered. Mm-hmm. Period. Again, because it's, you know, it's vacant, so a pipe could break. It's kind of logical, you know, a pipe could break, and when is it going to be detected, the water damage? You know, everything could be stolen out of the house. Um, How would anybody know if it's vacant? So the insurance companies are pretty strict about that. How how different is a a vacant home from uh, somebody who's, perhaps taking on a large renovation in the midst of waiting for permits, that sort of thing? This is a question really near and dear to Adam's heart right now. Self-interest. Yeah. <laughs> so, sorry, the, the home is the home So is the home vacant? is vacant. Well, it's, it's, it's uh, say, for example, someone was to purchase a home that needed a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Um, they're waiting on permits from the city. So that would be classified as a vacant home, essentially. That's right? correct. Yeah. Now, what if about? They haven't, mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say. Now, what about when the work commences? People are coming and going. It's still, still a vacant still home. Vacant. Yeah. Now, do, still, do you have to change? The, do you have to change the policy because it's it's now a renovation project? Uh, I, I assume it, that liability goes up. Uh, yeah. If it it depends on. I mean, if it's if it's a massive renovation. Um, say, you know, <laughs> very, very, then we might be looking at a course of construction policy where, mm. you know, it's, it's uh, you know, it being taken down to studs, then, then it's slightly different because it's not even inhabitable, right? It's, right. Uh, it, it really essentially is, is a course of construction, which is a different type of, uh, different type of policy. Okay. And and, that, oh, go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, and what what you'll find often is that, uh, and I was talking about that just a few minutes ago with one of my clients, is a policy can morph, like it will change as the risk changes, right? So you buy you buy the home, you you know it stays it stays vacant for two months, okay, vacant dwelling. Then okay, we're we're going to do a major renovation, okay, so. We're going to change that uh, to a course of construction policy. Okay, now we're ready to move in. Okay, now we're actually going to cancel that policy and get you the preferred homeowner's policy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Switching gears a bit um, uh, to towards tenanted properties, uh, the hot topic uh, mm-hmm. right now, uh, yeah. more generally, is about Airbnb and, and uh, its rising popularity in Vancouver. And I know you have a lot to say about it. Uh, I'm curious about <laughs> curious to hear your thoughts from an insurance <laughs> from an insurer's perspective. Oh, it is 
It is the bane, <laughs> the bane of insurance companies. And what, what's uh, what's quite ironic is that I'm a, I'm a big fan of Airbnb. I have traveled and I have had really good experiences uh, with Airbnb. And you know, so the service itself is great, but but we're really talking from an insurance perspective, and. I would say that most insurance companies in BC don't want don't want to deal with Airbnb rentals. So if it's like a, a homeowner um, that want has a laneway house that they want to rent out um, for Airbnb, or maybe they want to rent out their you know go away for six months and rent out their house. Um, they're not keen on. I mean, for some, it's a downright no. We just don't want to do it. Um, with with some insurance companies that I deal with, if you were a current uh, client of theirs, you know, for a while, you're showing yourself to be a good client, and let's say maybe you want to rent out a um, uh, your basement suite, and you and you will actually be there, you know, present. Um, they might consider it. They might consider it, um, but it's definitely nothing uh, that is really looked upon favorably by insurance companies. And, 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 and this is, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, and what about for, say, you know, uh, a one-bedroom apartment in, in Olympic Village that you've never lived in and you're just bringing people in for two, three-day stays? To, is it possible to get insurance for that? Um, it. It is. I mean, actually, I should, you know, say that in insurance, you can insure almost anything as long as you're willing to pay for it. Mm-hmm. Um, there, I mean, and certainly if, let's say, you decided you wanted to rent out your whole house, you know, or a big part of your house for Airbnb rentals, well, yeah, you could actually do that. You would get a commercial policy. Right, and that would you would uh, get a rooming house uh, policy, which covers you for uh, operating a rooming house. Mm-hmm. Um, but here's the thing: a lot of people, so it costs more money. People don't want to pay that money. They also, when you get rooming house coverage, it takes away from um, homeowner. It it's not the same coverage as a homeowner's policy, which is very broad, very expansive in its coverages. But the reason why is that a homeowner is much lower risk because much lower risk than strangers coming into your home every two or three days. So in answer, yes, Olympic Village, you want to rent out the condo? Yes, completely possible. Um, but it would be a, the, the right, if you want to do everything and still be protected, it would be a commercial policy, it sounds like. Uh, it could be, uh, but I will say this. I understand that there is uh, an insurance uh, brokerage that is offering a product. I don't offer it myself. That may be tailored for um, Airbnb rentals. I don't know the details of that coverage, so I can't comment on mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Um, what I will say is that I have looked at, uh, I know that Airbnb offers their Airbnb host protection insurance and their Airbnb host guarantee. I will just tell people who are thinking about doing this, 
read the details very carefully because there are limitations on what they are offering. And here's the thing. Let's say you don't disclose. To you, if you're like, you know what, I've got the Airbnb host guarantee and protection, and I've got my regular home insurance. Which presumably is, is how most people are operating, I would assume. But uh, Yeah, I would. Yeah, well, okay, th- that's what you said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but uh, just, just use that scenario. That's you know, So you'll be fine. But here's the thing. If you don't disclose those Airbnb rentals to your broker, who would then disclose it to the insurance company, and then something happens, and that something may be completely unrelated to the Airbnb rental. It could be a fire started by a candle in your own home, and they then see that you've been doing Airbnb rentals, and you know what? You didn't disclose that. We don't. That's a material omission of fact. They're within their rights to decline coverage. Wow. So people, people out there who are listening don't take chances on probably your most valuable assets. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. I, I hope the message is, is clear. You know, um, you know, and people can people can decide and do things as they want, and it's all fine. It's all fine until something happens, and then you will you will find out if it's really fine or not. So, um, maybe just one more question for you, Grace, before we sure. uh, we shut down. Um, so, a lot of clients uh, of ours um, live in homes that, over the years, you know, especially in the detached market. There's been many modifications to the to the property, and some with permits, perhaps some without permits. Can you speak to? I've had this question before. So, unpermitted work, uh, if done to code, um, is there is is there something that people need to declare, or is it generally covered in your insurance policy, or mm-hmm. is it something that, say, for example, if there was a fire in a home, um, and and they came out to the property to review the property and determine that maybe there was uh, unpermitted electrical work? Is it something that that uh, people should be concerned about? What are your mm. thoughts? Um, good question. Um, and I do face this a lot when I ask people about the suites, and they're like, God, they don't want to say that uh-huh. they're illegal uh-huh. suites. Um, but interestingly, um, from an insurance perspective, insurance companies, as long as it's been professionally done, let's take the uh, example of, of suites because it's so common to have, you know, uh, illegal suite. As long as, you know, you had professionally, you know, electricals, the plumbing, everything professionally done and up to code, the insurance companies aren't, aren't too concerned about the permits or, you know, or not, what, what's, right. what's, what's really... But here's the thing. Let's imagine you have the two illegal suites in, in your home, uh, professionally installed. You tell me, for example, your broker, and, um, and you will get charged by the insurance company. Not too much. It's a small surcharge to have you know, uh, two suites rented rent it out. It's all good. Um, and then that devastating fire happens that you mentioned. Here's the thing that the insurance company will do. So they'll rebuild the home, but they will not rebuild 
the suites. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they'll rebuild the house, you know, like for like, but they just won't rebuild the suites because you didn't have the permits for the suites. That's the only difference. Okay, so yeah, but it's still. Uh, I mean, it, it's good. It's good to know. So you know. Declare those suites. <laughs> um, but just, and, and sometimes we've seen like people might have built, uh, I had a case recently where uh, a deck was jutting, it was a, a reno that had been done years before and it was jutting out over the property line of the neighbor. So that my client, the new owner, was concerned about liability in terms of, you know, if anything were to happen with that. Um, and uh, the insurance company was okay, but they just said if, if the, if the, if the house were to burn down, they would not go over the property line again. They would just build according to permits. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, that seems fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good. I'm glad, I'm glad you think so. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're all thoroughly uh, terrified enough yeah, to disclose just, everything. I was just going to oh. say, if there's one takeaway, disclose, <laughs> yeah. disclose, 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 disclose. Yeah, for sure. But I think it's all really, I mean, at the end of the day, um, you know, if an accident happens, you want to make sure that you, you're covered. I mean, it yeah. yeah, doesn't make sense yeah. to uh, to try and try and trick somebody who's probably seen it several times before. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Like well, well, company. Yeah, I mean, when you're spending so much money on a property and then to cheap out, you know, to try, you know, you've heard of the term penny wise and pound foolish, right. you know, it's like, uh, it's not like insurance is not like buying the toaster. It's like you buy the toaster, it doesn't work well, you've lost 50 bucks, right? right. You buy the wrong insurance, it's it could, like I said, financially yeah, devastate you. ruin your life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So, on that happy note... On that note, I'm going to say, how can people get a hold of you, Grace? I'm sure people are going to run into the uh, Sure. Uh, yep. Yeah. Uh, you can uh, email me, grace at habitatinsurance.com, uh, or telephone, if you want to do old school, 604-438-5241. And we have info on our website at habitatinsurance.com. Perfect. Well, thank you very much yeah, for taking the time. Thanks for the time, Grace. Okay. No. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Have a great day. Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye. There you have it, folks. Our discussion with Grace Catow, insurance broker extraordinaire. Yeah, Habitat Insurance. Um, like we said, we've been working with Grace for years, and I think a lot of good information in there, and a couple yeah. of big takeaways. Um, one that I that I took away from it was that not all policies are created equal. Um, so really getting a broker and getting somebody that can actually read the fine print for you and interpret it in a meaningful way is, is key. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Use a broker. That was, that was one definite takeaway. I mean, Grace, uh, as I, I think I said in the intro is, uh, you know, lives and breathes this stuff so she can definitely point you in the right direction. Sure. And Matt, you were saying, um, about disclosure, yeah, I mean, disclose, 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 right? That's uh, that's the other takeaway. I mean, at the end of the day, insurance is a business, and if uh, if they don't have to pay you out, I'm sure they they probably uh, look for ways it's to not, to yeah. not. So um, for sure, uh, one of the ways I think that um, 
that you can mitigate that type of uh, risk is is to disclose everything, and uh, you know that especially in in from my perspective right now applies to Airbnb and short term rentals. Yeah, I mean in terms of uh, what you know about the property and and letting your insurance uh, company know how you're using it, and I think that's, that's where again where Grace comes in because she'll know exactly which policy is going to be the right fit. There's yeah, and there's no point of hiding, and and that's where Grace can actually provide a solution, right? Yeah, there's usually a fix on a lot of this stuff, but if you if you don't if you don't tell people what your plan what your intentions are, or if you don't let on that there's there's you know stuff that you're not disclosing about the property that can be uh, that can lead you down a, a really uh, convoluted, complicated wormhole. Yeah, a dark alleyway. A dark alleyway. <laughs> All right. Well, Matt, how can people reach you? 778 847 2854 or Matt at Scalina Real Estate.com. Or you can try me at 778 866 4574 or Adam at Scalina Real Estate.com. Yeah, we also have that nonpartisan line info at <laughs> okay, guys. Well, and and last but not least, if you want to check out our Facebook page, that's where we're uh, we're quite active. We'll be posting new episodes. Yep. And if you have any questions about um, you know current or existing episodes, or if you want to pitch an idea for an upcoming episode, we'd love to hear what yeah we love what to you hear guys want to what you want us to talk about. We're happy. We're always looking for new topics. So yeah, absolutely. And uh, if you guys want to rate us on iTunes, that's also a way that uh, really helps us grow this. Uh, this podcast and reach new people and we love to hear from you so that would be that would be fantastic yeah and we're hey we're over 20 episodes deep now which is really exciting we're basically uh, an institution (laughs) (laughs) well on our way to to hitting the uh the milestone of 50 episodes yeah absolutely absolutely no this is exciting times perfect so uh have a great week guys and uh we'll talk soon speak to you soon Two thousand faces for radio. Subscribe today.